Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, June the 26th in 2023 on When I Rise. Till we begin year A proper week eight, which you guessed it, is the fifth Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, we'll have to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary and this week of the church's calendar year. So we find ourselves back in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us party of morning and when I rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. This is the word of God for us. Alright, so this story is a biggie, and anytime I like read this and I have to like give comments, or I'm in the middle of a study. I'm a late gen Xer, maybe a, a really old millennial. Somebody told me today that, um, like, since we're Kansans, like we, like things get to us late. So, like, sure, I might be a millennial, which I, I totally embrace millennialism. Like those who are cranky about them, go take a lap, man. It's not worth all the hype. It's not worth all the fuss. But anyways, uh, because of that I just like I think I'm a Xer. Because of that, like I think of Dave Matthews Band, when I think, oh man, there's just so much to say about this story. Little baby. I mean, there's just a lot of good stuff 
in this story and I don't even know where to start, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is a story that is mentioned in the New Testament several times. There's so much imagery of Jesus here. Now, we've got to be careful, uh, and I learned this from um, Steve MacArthur, my first Bible prof at Sterling College in the fall of 1999 when I took uh, basic biblical concepts or whatever it was. Um, what a lovely guy. I wonder what Steve's up to these days. Anyways, he said there's like types and antitypes where something is foreshadowed in the Old Testament and it's like the light is turned on in the New Testament. And I mean, there's just a lot of parallels here. It's just the New Testament writers don't pick up on it all the time. But this is one of the heroic stories of Abraham. So Abraham is the father of Israel. Like they look up to him. They tend to overlook some of his uh, his missteps and his mistakes. But they really love them some Abraham and his heroic stories. And this is one of them, right? And there's just so many questions. I think I was listening to somebody lecture on this. And uh, it's a, a Christian pastor who got to study Hebrew U. And uh, he said they had like this great setup for their uh, Bible study classes. They would be told to go home, read a story, and come back with 20 questions. And uh, this is one of them one day. And, um, and of course, all these like really respectable Protestant would-be scholars, um, they don't want to ask too many tough questions because they, they find that that's kind of like, I don't know, disrespectful to God in the Bible if you like get too, you know, too difficult of questions, right? So they were kind of like doing all these softball questions. And the rabbi teaching the the uh, course, he's like, "Hey, listen, oh, no, no, come on, come on, come on, come on." He's like, "How about this question? Why would a God test like his patriarch like this? Like, why would after all these years of Abraham waiting on an only son from Sarah, like, why would he now like throw it all away into the gutter ball? You know, like, why would God ask Abraham to do this? And why is Abraham acting in this way?" But one of the things I think, uh, two things I find really cool, and this is the things that meet me on a reading today, uh, if I read it a year from now, there'd be something different, right? Because this is the living word, something that breathes upon us today. And I just love how, like, when it's time to part ways, Abraham and Isaac one way and the servants the other, <laughs> Abraham, so that, like, maybe they don't want to, like, he, he doesn't want them to get on his, like, on the case. He's like, okay, like, the boy and I are going to take a journey, right? A long walk in the woods. And uh, we're going to worship and we are going to return. Did you see that? It's like, he didn't say, we're going to go worship and uh, I'm coming back. <laughs> right? Like, no, he didn't. He's like, we're going to go back together. Second thing is, did you catch what the angel said? Like, as Abraham goes through it all, arranges the wood, binds Isaac to it. The knife is back. Like, it's like... There would be like the suspenseful music playing if this was on stage, right? And all of a sudden the angel comes in and notice this operative word now. Now I know that you would not withhold your only son. It's like, oh, so you didn't know before? Like we had to go through all this so that you would know? And that's exactly what a test is, right? A test is, hey, like we're going to put all these elements in a crucible. We're going to do this test. And we're going to see what happens. Now, this is not the only time that God tests his people. And I think we could argue that we have tests in our life too. Now, every single day is not a test and every single little decision. Like, do you want fries with that? It's not a test from God. Like, but God is uh, doing litmus testing in our soul. And we think, is that petty of God? No, that's parental of God. God is saying, hey, it's time to grow up. And the only way I know you're growing up if you're put into a situation where you got to make a choice and it's tough, like it's not straightforward, what's he going to do? What's she going to do in that 
scenario, right? But one of the things I think about when I think about this story, there's a great book out there by Kenda Dean, who, uh, shout out to my friend and When I Rise listener, Brian Beringa from West Michigan Zone, Brian Beringa. He uh, was a big fan of Kenda Dean. I had no idea who Kenda Dean was, but uh, he's like, man, you got to read her stuff. And I did. And she's got this great little uh, sermonette, little homily about this passage. She's like, Abraham knowing God is up to something strange here. Could have done a couple things. He he could have avoided the test and see what God would do, right? And Abraham could have said, hey, Isaac, I need to tell you something is up here. And why don't you just go run away and find people your age and you guys can fend for yourself in the woods. Like, at least you won't die on the altar today. But instead, what does Abraham do? Like, he journeys into the unknown and the mystery with God. And he takes Isaac along with him. And he's like, man, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Um, but I got to go there with my son and we're going to find out together who this God is. What a picture of community, like not just community in a household, like parents and like literal kids, but people of all ages on a walk with God, right? In a sense, like we're like in an unprecedented time and we don't need to say that just to make us feel good or like to get us like to help get us out of bed in the morning so that we give ourselves a legacy type work. Like, but let's just like be honest, like America, or at least where I'm recording from at this time, like we're in a post-Christian environment. Like there used to be a whole lot more people turning up. Now there's like several different brands of religion out there and they're all in the open marketplace and people can pick whatever they want. And just because we're opening up doors or we've got like, you know, nice buildings and educated clergy and uh, different things going on, like people don't have to turn up and we don't know what to expect. We don't know. Like we're like going up the mountain of Mariah going, I have no idea. Like what, what, it, what is God up to? Where is he at in the situation? Right. But what does Abraham do? And I think this is a neat little tale of faithfulness. Like, let's go through with it. Let's just keep looking forward. We may not have all the math and the calculations. It may not all fit on the scratch paper, but let's go together and let's see what's going to happen. And I want to see it. I want to see it not just for myself. I want to see it with you. Like if we started there as a church community, instead of like freaking out and acting like all super thirsty, like trying to get 10 more people, a dozen more people like to show up on, uh, you know, Sunday this year compared to last year so that we can feel like a little bit of a victory like what if you said you know what like this is a brand new situation that we're in right now and um, instead of freaking out about it let's delight in God let's go together let's pass through the veil of mystery and see what God's got on the other side because here's what we know God's gonna be with us and let's be honest that's more than we can ask for if we go back to Abraham's call earlier in Genesis the thing that God told him, I think Genesis 15, he said, Abraham, I'm your reward. And it's going, your reward's going to be great. There's a way to translate it from the Hebrew. It's kind of confusing to English, but the first uh, translation I memorized it in, you know, this God said, Abraham, I'm your very great reward. What if that was how we organized religion? That we just wanted more of this being who loves us so deeply. And let's pass through the veil of mystery and let's see what's on the other side knowing that that God is going to be there with us. All right. I've gone way past my time. This is just Monday morning, friends. Got a little Dave Matthews. Got a little bit of uh, Kenda Dean. A little shout out to Brian Beringa in West Michigan. 
I don't know about you, man. Like, and on my scale, we're cooking with gas already today. All right, so let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've drawn us into your family, and we thank you that's enough. Um, God, forgive us for the times where we make it about something else. We take matters in our own hands. Um, we fret over things way too much and without uh, reminding ourselves that this is all about you and about walking with you together uh, in community. And so, God, this day we do praise and thank you for life that we have received because of your Son. We also thank you for the community that we have received because of your Son. We thank you that we belong to a fellowship of difference, people who are not like us, but the sum of our parts, um, there's something more going on than just us gathering in rooms together and in organizations together. Like there's, there's just way more going on. So we thank you for that mystery. We thank you that mystery is compelling. It continues to call us to the life of discipleship and learning again and again. And so fresh new opportunity today. Um, we're going to be tempted. We're going to be tested perhaps today uh, to to lay it up, to play it safe, um, or to come up with some other way to micromanage a difficult and a complicated situation or opportunity, or to walk through the veil of mystery. And God, give us the strength by your spirit to keep on walking with you. And as we do, I pray that we might find great delight in our hearts because we're getting closer and closer to you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>